0: Hey guys, I'm your host, Smita Kantori, and welcome to Journey Podcast, your weekly podcast on transformational journeys. And bear with me for a few episodes as this is my first time recording. Hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I have a beautiful young lady with me. My name is Janice Ismail. She is helping people move better, feel better, and live better. Founder of My Body Couture, a one on one private studio. Janice provides customized individual movement and nutrition coaching. She's been quoted in Reader's Digest, Prevention, Women's Health, Cosmopolitan, Working Mother, Sparkle People, My Fitness Paul, and Beachbody. This, that's a very big list. I love it. <laughs> it is. Her unique discipline agnostic approach has helped thousands of people navigate their body issues throughout education and movement techniques to full body sustainability. I have actually met this lady on Facebook and she forwarded one of the articles to me, which was so impressive. I can't say how impressed I was with that article. <laughs> and she mentioned that it has been posted uh, in a journal and got like 150k shares. I definitely deserve it needs more than that. I'm going to actually like Place that link in the show notes and in the description. I want everybody to read the article. And she's going to talk about single parenting today. And welcome to our show. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. So I would leave the floor to you to talk about what all you have gone through the single parenting, why you have started that journey, and where you are today.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's a big topic. Oh, yes. As you mentioned in the introduction, I wrote an article for Elephant Journal about loan parenting. So I wanted to start-
0: If I can take your thunder for a one second. Yes. That term right there, you don't believe. Everybody that I talked to after talking to you, you were one of the very first people that I spoke to. I introduced the term to everyone and everybody was like, that makes real sense, right? <laughs> I told them like, yeah, go and check this lady. Yes. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead.
1: It's great. So, I have a nine year old, and that means that I have been lone parenting for nine years. And I remember saying for years that lone parenting is as different from single parenting as single parenting is from parenting in a partnership, marriage, or relationship. And it's different because lone parents are people who parent without another partner single parents are people who parent without the biological second parent Mm. being present in a married relationship that has a whole range of different ways that it's executed there might be custody payments there might not be custody payments but usually there is some sort of shared custody Lone parents don't have that, and typically there is also no shared custody. So what that means for us is that we are a hundred percent responsible financially, emotionally, physically, etc. There is no week on week off. There is no weekend yes parenting break. There is no custody payments. And again, I want to be very clear that that doesn't mean that lone parenting is some sort of superior or inferior type of parenting. It is simply something that I think deserves categorization in and of itself because as it is in our culture and society, I don't think that single parents get a lot of support, but lone parents are just lumped in with this group of single parents. And as somebody who doesn't get shared custody time or or get custody payments or get support from someone else, it's this relentless scenario that I think is really difficult for people to understand because they just have a vision that you're a single parent and that that's how it functions when in fact it does not.
0: So yeah, when you're mentioning that we will not get any why am i clubbing myself into that yes even i'm a lone parent so i just wanted to like say that yes we will not get support round the clock 365 days doesn't matter which day it is what physical capacities that we are in it doesn't matter doesn't we, matter Like yeah keep going keep going keep going that's right so how do you get your strength or like motivation for that
1: well that's a good question i think that I have actually always been a lone parent, so I didn't fall into it when my child was a certain age. I gave birth in a hospital as a lone parent. That wasn't necessarily my plan in life, but that's what happened, and so in some aspects I've always felt that I'm a bit lucky because I don't know anything different. I didn't start out in a marriage or partnership where I shared custody and where I had help and I had somebody changing diapers and somebody to take shifts for me. It never existed. So from the moment that I gave birth, I was a lone parent. And on some level, ignorance is bliss. I didn't know any different. This is how I've always parented. And I think the second answer to that is there is no choice. When there is nobody in the home, there are no weekends off. There is no yeah. coming there's no check coming in the mail you just have to figure it out it doesn't matter to your point whether you're sick or whether you are tired or what is happening you literally just have to make it happen because nobody else is going to do it for you and so on some level again there's an element to that that is actually easier because you're not waiting for the salvation <laughs> around <laughs> the corner that's not coming
0: at <laughs> all. <laughs> Yeah, so, there's no
1: expectation of anybody else. And it and it does truly fall to that lone parent.
0: What made you to write that article?
1: I actually started writing for Elephant Journal. And my first article was about dating. And then I had a friend who said, you know, you really should write the experience of what it is to be a, a single parent. And I was like, that's, that's silly. Everybody knows what it's like to be a single parent. But one Friday night... Earlier this year, I was laying in my bed and I just took out my phone and literally that article just came out of me. I don't have a specific recollection of exactly word for word what I wrote. I just wrote about what my experience was. And I think that's why it connected with so many people. I got literally thousands of notes on Facebook and in Messenger and in Instagram saying, thank you, you put words to my experience. I know for myself um again i have a nine-year-old so we forget how quickly social media has changed but when i was carrying around a baby and a toddler people always said to me oh there's lots of people in this circumstance he's going to get to school and everybody's family's like this i really have rarely met somebody else in this circumstance And I think again, that's kind of why it connected so deeply with so many people because yes, we are out there, but it's very rare to actually meet someone else who's in this exact circumstance. So my article was getting passed around lone parent networks and single mother by choice groups and other people who have had the experience where they have felt alone and they maybe haven't met somebody else who is in that circumstance and it did put words to that experience. That experience is mine. Yes. But it but it touched on a lot of really common elements that a lot of lone parents can relate to. We do have closer relationships to our children. There is that strength and that bond and that love. But there are difficult moments to it too. And so I addressed both the joy and the the pain of it because both exist and we hold both of those. It isn't just this moment where we have this special bond with our child and nothing can touch it and it's this unbelievable experience. But it also, uh, the other side, isn't just this horrible, painful, trying situation. Both exist. And I find that the biggest piece that I really wanted to convey was we need support and we need to find each other. And we need to have that community and we need to speak of this because there is a lot of pressure on parents of every marital status and every parenting status to have your children perfectly dressed and to have your children perfectly presented and to have them perfectly mannered. And when you are alone, that is
0: very difficult to achieve because it's hard for you to do it for yourself. These specific scenarios, sometimes we don't even think about that, like such a simple task might hurt us thinking like, Yeah, we did not. We were not able to do that for our child, as I was sharing with you before. Just tying a tie for my son when he was about to go to prom. That was the first time it actually hit me like, yes, I am alone. I am so alone in this. Like for so long, I don't have anybody to even like go and ask. Like, okay, tie. It's like such a simple task. I can even look up for like YouTube videos or something, but. At that moment, it actually like, it, it comes to that point where you feel like, yes, we are alone in this, as you mentioned, yes. the pain points and the happiness. Yeah.
1: So you mentioned in the introduction that I work with people on a physical level, and that is my job. And I feel one of my areas where I really struggle with my son is the traditional quote unquote dad tasks of teaching my son to skate and teaching my son to ride a bike and teaching my son to to do all of those to swim. And, you know, I didn't even realize until I had a son that that is typically often given to the males to do those activities. I have an ex-boyfriend who I distinctively remember was teaching my son to climb a tree. And he looked at me and said, why aren't you teaching him how to do this? And I was like, Uh, no one taught me how to climb a tree like I, I I don't know how to climb a tree certainly not the way you're showing him but I can't break that down and actually give that as a lesson to my child I don't really know how to skate very well I had an accident when I was in grade six and I've never really skated I live in Canada so this is part of our culture we skate and you know I've taken my son out skating and he's wobbly I'm wobbly you know <laughs> like I literally cannot do this and so now he's in skating lessons but these are the kinds of things that actually are more of a struggle than a lot of people realize it. That sounds very first world problemy but when you are a lone parent, you then have to pay for lessons to do that. So you're already in a financially challenged position and something that would normally be a family activity, somebody in the family would just organically teach the child how to do it. You have to pay. You have to pay for skating. You have to pay for swimming. You have to pay for tree climbing lessons. You have to to pay for all of these things because you don't have the capacity. And so that is an example. It could be something completely different when we chatted before we recorded this podcast, you mentioned what you just said. You, you had to go find somebody to help your son tie a tie. Again, these are very basic things, but when you are faced with these things every day of your life, it is a struggle. It is a grind. It does feel alone. It makes you feel alone. It makes you feel incompetent at times because something that is so simple for someone else, because there's two people is not necessarily super straightforward for you. And we all come into parenting with gifts that we can offer our kids and energy we can offer our kids. But when it is only one person, we are limited to what we have. I think that often people in partnerships, even split partnerships, take for granted the fact that there's a second whole person who brings in a whole other skill set, a whole other set of patience and resources to parenting and we just don't have it available so we have to pay for things that are often just available through generalized relationship
0: your your son is nine years old right now so if you can break down into chunks of his ages let's just say like when he's completely a little baby then a toddler life then a little more preschool kind and then So what challenges that you have found in each stage and is there any tips or suggestions that you can give to people around who is actually listening to this, like maybe a lone parent or sometimes even if it is a single parent, Mm -hmm. they would not have the other person all the time around.
1: Yes, Uh, yes. I'm gonna dial back to when my son was two or three because that was kind of a pivotal moment. I actually found the baby stage it was very difficult physically because every task that's yes. sort of zero to two phase, physically demanding. Every mother will tell you this though. I think the core difference is when you are literally a lone parent, there isn't somebody else to, oh, honey, can you go grab the bottle? Oh, can you change this diaper? It really does come a hundred percent to you. So there's elements of that that is literally buckle your pants up and prepare to not sleep because it's a physically demanding time of the child's life. That, that is just a general truth. Um, that said during that phase, I often looked at that and thought there wouldn't be much a partner could do anyways, because if you're breastfeeding that baby, it's all going to be you. The baby isn't sleeping regardless. and Nobody in the house is getting a great sleep, et cetera. Um, But I do think that coming into that, the biggest piece of advice I would give is just put yourself and your health first, because if you're not taking those moments where you're sleeping and you're not eating properly, et cetera, you know, you're not going to get through that. And I think just drop the standard. I was very concerned with losing baby weight and continuing to dress perfectly and keep my house clean. And I think some of those things, I eventually was just like, this is, something has to give. So it's going to be those elements. But when we fast forward to age two and three, that's really when things, kind of the light bulb turned on for me. Those were hard years. I was opening a business, so that made it even harder um, because I think that when my son was a baby people often said to me, it gets easier, it gets easier, it gets easier. And so actually subconsciously, I was waiting for it to get easier. And I will tell you that it did not get easier. It got harder because then he started to walk and walking takes more time than just picking the baby up. He wanted certain things in certain ways. (laughs) Anybody who's had a child knows exactly what I'm talking about, but, you know, when the, when the child is a baby, they don't actually have preferences. They don't need the blue cup. They don't need the green toy. They don't need to stand and linger in the toy aisle. And so at two and three, the child actually becomes a person and it's actually slower. It's more inefficient in those baby phases. You can just pick the child up and take him wherever you need to go. So I was waiting for this moment when it was going to become easier and finally realized that this was not going to happen. And I think in our culture, we have a huge conversation happening all the time towards mothers that what mothers need most of all is to get a break, you need a break from the child. You need, you need this time off and this space and this, this distance from your child. Now, I'm not going to be in a position to necessarily fully disagree with this, but I basically drove myself crazy looking for this break because everybody said that's what I needed. Well, you need, you need a break. You need to get away. Can you just ask someone to take them for the weekend? And I did it, but it wasn't enough because you take a thousand days of parenting in this way. One day or two days when my parents have my child isn't going to refresh my bucket. That battery was totally drained, the buckets empty, et cetera. And I'm still, I was still waiting for that break. I was waiting for that moment when I was going to feel that it was easier and it wasn't coming. It was actually going in the opposite direction. (laughs) So I really, it was a mindset shift. And I started to realize, especially towards those you know, older bit of what that phase that I'm talking about, he had preferences, he had things he liked to do, he had things he found were interesting. There was other things that he liked and found interesting and wanted to do that I just felt like, you know, it was torture and punishment. And so I decided that I needed to stop looking for that break. I needed to stop looking for that me time and that alone time and that space and that distance that I was culturally being told to take. And instead try to find kind of that Venn diagram between here's the things my son likes and is interested in wants to do. Here are the things I like and am interested and wanna do and where do those overlap? And it means that there was actually a whole bunch of those little kid things you know i i guess when i talk about it i feel like a little minor tweak of guilt that i'm like oh, like i didn't play the songs on the radio the the kids songs i didn't take them to the kids play places there was a lot of things i didn't do because i'm like those drive me batty they don't feel refreshing to me they don't feel good to me i'm not interested in doing those things but conversely there was things that I wanted to do that my son felt exactly the same way about and so I set some of those things aside and we really found the circle of that Venn diagram where it was the middle and we could go do things that we both felt refreshed and interested in and enjoyed and we could do those together and I will say that to this day, that's basically, until the pandemic struck, we were in a good zone of doing exactly that, where we found the overlap between his interests and my interests. And there's always gonna be things he cares about that I really don't wanna do and and could care less about, but vice versa. And so where we really spend our time together is is in the middle of that circle. And I stopped looking for that break and stopped looking to separate from him in order for me to feel refreshed. Mm-hmm. So then as he aged, there was a seamless element to it. I have a hard time kind of sorting out four, five, six. I mean, he started school, there's evolution, things kind of changed. But that's been the biggest kind of parenting tip, if you will, to kind of get me through. Because instead of saying, Well, this is this is me and I'm gonna give all of myself to my child, I looked for how I could also feel like that leisure time was actually leisure time for me.
0: You were, were you able to like really get any leisure time to balance in that way?
1: Um, I mean, so I would say, you asked me to break it down by ages, he's nine now. And okay. in the COVID period, there was, there has been a significant shift because he is, old enough i mean he's close to 10 and so he can now stay at home for an hour while i go out for a walk he can stay at home for an hour even if i go you know i have a commercial business space i can go see a client there for an hour and so this is the first year where i would actually say yes um i do have a family and so my parents would take him for a week in the summer that would be a little break If I wanted to go out and have dinner out, my sister would take him so that they, her child could play with him. So there was little pockets here and there, but at the end of it, I I don't feel like I had this big, these big blocks of breaks. I didn't have six weeks off in the summer or every weekend or every other week or anything like that. It was very much directed to Tonight, I'm going to go and do this activity. I'm going to drive my son 20 minutes each way to go
0: do this activity, things like that. And in your article, if I remember, you mentioned something like, if you really need help, ask for it. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. So I actually found, I would have to think back, I think my son was about six. And I've had a few times like this, I can start to get into what I kind of call quicksand. So I start to get tired. I start to run behind. The tasks build up. The clutter around the house builds up. The dust in the house builds up. The to-do list kind of starts to become overwhelming where I look at it and I'm like, oh my god, I have like 180 urgent important things to do. I don't know where to start with this. And it, it kind of goes in a bit of a difficult cycle. And I had actually spent a couple of years being physically unhealthy and tired. I actually had, I contracted a rare form of salmonella, which really impacted my body. So I was, I was physically ill for four to six months and it took me five years to fully recover from that. So it was, it was quite significant. Um, and somewhere in that phase, I just had hit, I literally burned out. And so the solution to it was to put a bunch of papers in a box and hide them in my storage (laughs) locker and other kind of, you know, workable but not long-term solution tasks. And sort of emerging out of that, I just, I looked around one day and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm so far under the water that I don't know how to come up and emerge for air. And for the first time in my entire single parenthood, I put a post up on Facebook saying, you know, this has, this has taken a toll and I am looking for, I don't remember what I was initially looking for. I think it was five people to each give one hour. And I ended up with 60 hours of humans coming to help me. And they came and they helped me do everything from vacuuming out my car to Marie Kahn doing my kitchen to spick and spanning my entire apartment and it just put me up on my feet to a place where I wasn't looking around my physical environment just being in this constant overwhelmed state where I'm sitting on the couch thinking I I don't even know where to start yeah. and when that was over there's a couple things I would say about that one is that I was surprised at who stepped forward to help a lot of the people that did come to help me were people that I didn't even know that well. Mm. And some of them had raised single children themselves, had been a single parent or a lone parent, and the child was now grown up. And in some cases, I didn't even know that this this adult child existed. (laughs) Um, Some people had been raised by single parents. Yes, (laughs) Exactly. And then some people were just, you know, they were people maybe without kids or just in a position in their life where they're like, well, it's, it's literally no big deal. No skin off my nose to come back in your car for an hour. So I'm just going to come do that. But I realized at the end of that, that there wasn't really a way on top of working and raising my child and doing everything else that I'm doing. That would have taken me Four months to dig myself out of that hole at which point i'm back in the hole again and so i think actually that was i'm not going to recommend posting on facebook all the time but just being able to really identify i'm in over my head right now and i just need a little bit of something to help get through this and you'd be surprised at who steps forward mm. Because there's always people who can identify that maybe they would like to help, but they don't even know what to do. And it maybe feels like an overstep or maybe it hasn't even occurred to them that you're tired and that you need help or that you're in this place or this phase. Like, I mean, no one came into my apartment, so no one would even realize that I had a dust buildup or you know, what have you. And with my, with my car, I remember my dad once asking me why I didn't just vacuum my car. And I live in an apartment building that actually doesn't have plugins in the garage. And so then that means taking the car to a commercial cleaning place. I did that once it was $125 and there was this tiny little, um waiting area in the front and my son got curious about the coffee maker and broke the coffee maker and I was just like okay so I find that there's been a lot of things in life like that where the cost of that thing for my dad who has a plug-in of the garage you just simply go downstairs and you spend 30 minutes vacuuming the car for me I'm like I have to drive 30 minutes to the industrial area pay 125 dollars and then my son's breaking the coffee machine (laughs) and i just found that there's quite a few things like that so my friend brought over an extension cord and a shop back and like i said it wasn't that difficult for him to solve the problem it was just the resources of my mental capacity and time and space to do that so coming out and saying I actually could use a hand is a way to actually get help. If you don't ask, I have never found that people step forward and volunteer because
0: they don't know. This is not like a parenting question. I'm not sure how comfortable you are to talk about this. (laughs) You being a single and a mother. Yes. How do people look at you? Like what kind of problems that you face around that part?
1: Um, Dating you mean? Yes. Well, actually, I don't think I ever found it difficult to go on dates. That was never the issue. Mm -hmm. Um, What was an issue was that I would have to find a place for my son to go. And so coming into a date, my opportunity cost was either leaving work in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. or driving my son to my sister's house. It's, only 20 minutes each way, but that means to go on a date. That's an 80 minute total driving investment. I found that for a lot of men, they just weren't in that position. So they could see me on a dating site, swipe, exchange a couple texts, say, hey, let's go grab a drink. So I'm coming into this date with, I've invested 80 minutes of my time, plus the time to get ready, just to show up at this table walked 10 minutes down the street. So I found that there was a little bit of an inequity quite often with how seriously I was taking it versus how seriously they were taking it. Now I met a lot of really nice men and it wasn't necessarily, you know, that isn't something I would write up in advance. Like we have to take this seriously. This is 80 minutes of my time just to be here. But I did find that I had to increase my communication skills, filter and select a lot more appropriately because I found quite often, I would kind of get emotionally upset about it because it's just a first date, but this is representing all of my social time. And, you know, I actually think for most people, if you actually think about the cost of any social interaction being an 80 minute drive, is that worth it? There's a lot of interactions, quite frankly, that people would just stop having. So after doing this for a while, I actually just started changing the process and I required men to call me in advance. We could kind of screen, we could make the date a little bit more equitable just in terms of, I actually started asking to go out for lunch during the workday because that way, at least it was not just kind of a casual quick over, we could really settle in and enjoy. I didn't feel as stressed because I was driving all over the place and we could enjoy a meal together, which for me, the importance actually was that it was almost multitasking. I could enjoy someone's company plus have lunch. So I wasn't going back to the office after just kind of having a cup of coffee. And I found it really improved my own personal dating life because I wasn't putting this sort of I've invested all of this to just show up into the date.
0: So is there anything else that you really wanted to bring it into focus about either of the topics?
1: About single parenting or lone parenting? Yes. I think that we can often feel alone and almost ashamed of where we are. And I wanted to come here today to just be the face of what a lone parent can be. We can be accomplished, we can own businesses, we can be financially successful, we can have great relationships with our kids, but we can also hold that it is challenging, it is difficult. And you can ask for help and know that you don't have to be ashamed and that there are going to be hard days, hard weeks, hard months, hard moments. Get mental health support, network with other lone and single parents And know that that isn't going to make you weaker. Yes. That your life doesn't need to be a tragic story about being a lone parent or single parent. So I think that quite often we are given the story of lone parents and single parents are down in the dumps. We're poor. We can't accomplish things. We can't own businesses. We can't, we can't, we can't. And I wanted to really... I wrote that article to be the face of that, to shed light on the differences between a lone parent and a single parent and to start creating that global community and to have that global connection where we can open up that conversation. And maybe some people who feel like they have something to give and something to offer can step forward also because quite often they are out there ready available and willing to help but they don't even know where to start
0: it is interesting when you mentioned uh lone parent or a single parent feeling ashamed and guilt yes. carrying their hardiness us so much have you had that kind of a scenario for yourself like carrying yourself like you with guilt and you're ashamed yeah of- oh. absolutely
1: okay. i definitely never saw myself In my childhood, my teen years, my 20s, at no point would I ever have imagined that I would become a lone parent and a single parent. That was not something that I foresaw in my future. And I was embarrassed and ashamed. And I had to work through kind of that failure. And it isn't a failure. It just, you know, I had to work through that perceived failure, especially when I was carrying around a baby. And people would ask where my husband was. People would ask where the baby's father was. And there was a moment, my son was old enough to talk. So I don't remember. He was probably four. We were in a store and we went to the store fairly frequently. So I told him, I'm going to go look in this department. You stay in the toy department, sit down on the floor, don't move. And I walked over to, and he knew where I was. So I knew that he could come find me. And I met him exactly where we had agreed to meet in a short order. And he said, mom, two people came and talked to me. One was a staff at the store and they asked where my mom was. And I told them where you were. And one was a man who asked where my dad was. And I said, oh, what did you tell the man? He said, I just said, I didn't have a dad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So innocent pure answer, seriously.
1: Yeah, but I've always loved that story. And it actually was the end of my shame because I thought, you know, my son can look at a gentleman that he doesn't know who's actually asked an invasive question that is sort of vaguely rude and quite presumptive because not all children have dads. And my son just told him the truth. That is the truth. And he said it without any emotion. And he said it without any kind of shame or guilt. And I thought, you know what? this is actually what should happen. That's the exact tone of voice and the exact feeling that I should have about it because it's just a fact, it doesn't mean anything. The only thing it means is the story I'm telling myself about I shouldn't have been this person or this shouldn't have happened. And recognizing that a lot of that shame actually came from other people's questions, which were their problem, not mine. (laughs) You know, If somebody wants to ask for my husband is, I don't wear rings that indicate that I'm married. So maybe look at my hands or don't presume that everybody's married before you start asking questions. So I definitely had that. I had that for a few years until that moment in the store. And I'm like, okay, we can get rid of this now.
0: (laughs) It's just that phase a little bit that you have to like, yeah, come out of it. And one more thing that you have said that, that is also like very interesting. People have this perception of, if you are a single or a lone parent, you are never going to be successful or like, you will always, you are into that deep hole that you are crying all the time and you don't have any kind of a help. You are like a wasted already. That's how people look into that. Yeah. yeah. You being successful, I just wanted you to talk about how good you are out in the world today, though you are titling yourself like your lone parent or single parent, it doesn't matter. To what you wanted to achieve. Can you please talk about that?
1: Yeah, I think there's two directions that people take that in. One is exactly what you've described. They they sort of write you off as, well, you're going to be a disaster and <laughs> you're going to need government support and it's over now. Um, the second actually is one of being quite ruthless. Um, I've, I've met with some of it following posting my article well you should have found a community you should have did it it. you shouldn't need help um I actually had somebody during the moment when I did ask help attack me on Facebook saying well I thought you knew how to do all this stuff don't you know how to clean your house I did it and I single parented so there is kind of two directions that that comes at you from one is that you're going to be a disaster and two is that if you aren't if you actually speak up and you say, "Hey, I am struggling," that you almost get attacked for. Well, why aren't you standing up and helping yourself? Um, so I think that that actually overcoming that narrative is kind of a constant. And for me, at this point, it isn't as much. I always do mention to people that I'm a lone parent because it contextualizes. Just you know, again, that's a fact. I speak publicly and I write publicly because I do want people to see that it is very possible to have a degree and have a career and own a business and have a polite child who participates well in society and still be able to ask for help and still have bad days and still just be a normal person. Um, but also to shed some light on some of those struggles because those struggles do infuse that level of success. But we can still really reach for those stars financially. We can still accomplish a lot and we can still have amazing success stories with raising our children. So I think there is a very old narrative that has come before us about the poor single mother. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's such a poor single mother yes
1: (laughs) yes um and I actually I think that for me there was a huge change um I think my son was five or six and I was actually looking into the big brother big sister program for him and when I was googling that I actually located a program that I ended up volunteering for. And it unfortunately no longer exists, but it was called Motherhood Matters. And mm-hmm. it was a mentoring program, very similar to Big Brother, mm-hmm. for young mums. So women who largely gave birth as teenagers. So I actually served as a mentor to these young women. For the m- most part, there were some exceptions, but many of them were single moms, And it really was an inspiration because they were quite young, obviously. And I recognized that simply being in a mentorship role where being in a visible situation where they could see that, again, I have an education, I have a business, I prioritize this, but I dress well. I am articulate. And these things that are just not, what single mothers are told they're going to be just simply showing up and saying, Hey, here's another way. Here's another road. Here's another possibility. That's all a mentor does. There was so much power in that for me in just coming to peace with my own place and the fact that I could be successful and that it wasn't something to be ashamed about and that I could actually have the kind of life that I wanted I think we were mentoring each other so I was mentoring the girls and then I was seeing myself through completely different eyes just by being part of this program and that changed things actually forever so my son and I volunteered together and it just showed me there was a day uh, when I did the first program one of the young women sent me a text and said i want to be like you and i want to go back to school and you've showed me the possibilities of what a single mother can be and i think that's what we need more of it was it was life-changing because again just sort of that is not the story that we're typically hearing and when when i say success it doesn't mean i'm a millionaire i certainly am not but i can be as self-actualized as somebody who is not given the label of single parent and i do use it but i use it more to inspire other people who might be feeling ashamed or feeling like they have to now fit into this narrative or they're struggling that there are paths out and that it is possible
0: okay thank you for tuning in and you can find me on all the socials at smithakunturi and the show notes for any resources mentioned See you next week. Take care.